0: and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. magazine. Welcome to the War Room. And it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm glad that we were able to sort of kick it off with some good energy before we hit record. Uh Valerie Jackson from Pierce Focus Strategies. Welcome. welcome to the show yeah thank you now i always like to ask this question i feel like it always sets the right tone and it opens up things in a way that i think really leaves room for us to take an organic direction in conversation and that is do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs by any chance
1: i do so my dad was an entrepreneur he was actually a painter And my mother was a longtime city career woman. So I had the mix.
0: Painter and a city career. Okay. Yes. And so you have this origin of creativity and yet also the career focus. I'm going to rise and go through the steps necessary. How did that turn into influencing your journey of entrepreneurship?
1: You know, until you ask me that right now, I never even considered it. So isn't that interesting? Um, I started out as an aerospace engineer. So Mm -hmm. I I started in the the career that a lot of people thought was something to behold. This was a big deal. You had reached this, this high level of accomplishment. And then I got bored with, yes, being an aerospace engineer. And so so what I did is I started doing some inner work as to what was going to really make me feel fulfilled. I have never considered until right now. And now you've given me something to think about. If growing up in that mixture of, of a model really influenced that, I'm sure it did in some way. But I just always knew. My parents always taught me that I could do whatever I wanted to. Just jump out and do it. And so that is what influenced me. If I told my parents I was moving to the moon, they'd say, Great. How do we get there? Are there more people coming with us? Sounds like a good idea. So I was always really encouraged to just go for it. I
0: see. Wow. That does make a lot. That does make a a lot of sense. And when I piece together the fact that uh, you do work and productivity, Right. Fierce focus strategies. I mean, it's in the name. And before we hit record, <clears throat> excuse me, before we hit record, you and Jason, had sort of touched on this idea that you both have been thinking a lot and talking a lot about this idea of I'm too busy, air quotes there, uh, productivity. As an engineer, right, regardless of whether it's airspace or not, you systematize things, right? You look for steps. Is this sort of, this is where you landed where you're like, I just want to do something I'm passionate about that I'm not going to be bored about. And building systems is something that I'm always interested in. Is that sort of how that came to fruition? No,
1: it's not actually. It came through the pain of struggling with getting things done and having to hide the fact that at the level that I was at at the time, I still was struggling with that
0: please open that up a little more. Maybe I'd love to hear that.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, so fortunately I have held some very high positions in leadership and have been the person, the go-to person for, for what are the answers to the question I've been the solution person. And I had to learn that I didn't always have the solution well, that's not what people want to hear when they're looking to you for the answers. So I had to be a little quiet about that and and find some other resources. Once I became an entrepreneur, you can keep it quiet, but, but the repercussions of not getting things done start to show up in other ways. I am a personality type um, professional. And so I started really learning about the the types of information I trusted to make decisions. And I realized that why I was struggling with my productivity is because I take in a lot of information before I make a decision. So I had to learn how to channel that and, and just get to, okay, what are the next steps? And then who can I trust to help me if I don't know where the answers are? So that's, that's kind of how I got here. And it was a long it's journey. Let me interesting. Tell you. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that. I'm I'm very much a lot like that in a sense, right? I have to have at least some information that I know is stable data for me to then uh, make a decision. And from there I can freestyle all I want, but I need to have a stable point of, of origin for, in order for me to feel like I can confidently make a decision. And I don't, I don't come, I don't come across someone saying that out loud often. That's just something I'm, I myself, I'm like, oh, I don't want people to know. I always have to have at least one thing. It seems like I'm off the cuff, but that's only because I can do a lot with a little, you know? Uh, So it's really interesting to hear you say that. Uh, Jason, are you, are you similar in that way when it comes to strategy or what's your take on that?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm a, you know, don't look and leap and build wings on the way down guy. So where uh, <laughs> you hit the ground, hopefully you got it built before you hit <laughs> most. of the Yeah. Time. Um, okay. That... I am. I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't focus too much on data things. I'm a massive risk taker. I mean, more than I would say probably 98% of people uh in the risk taker mode. And yeah, it's cost me a lot of money over the years, but uh but I will say that the return of it was a hundred times that, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, and, and it's not true risk and reward, right? There's not always a reward for risk. There's sometimes you just get Punched in the face <laughs> that's about it right and then you go lick your wounds and and uh, get up and keep going but but you know I, I guess the interesting part um, because I love the what what's busy costing you I, I love that idea of that because and like I said before the show was I just posted something on LinkedIn about, I often, it started, I often laugh when I hear CEOs say, I am too busy. That just means you just ain't doing the right shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because we're all busy, but there's varying levels of busy. And to me, being, using that, that's an excuse. So, is what that is. And I bet you, You can unpack that. (laughs) Please do.
1: Oh, can I ever. How much time do we have now? Plenty. (laughs) Plenty. Okay, so here's my take on busy. I believe busy has become a concept. It's become an entity for us. And it's something that we wear as a badge. It's how we convey to other people that we're getting stuff done even when we're not when we think of the word busy and you associate associated with other things it's usually things that have no direction right busy work being a busy body you're just fluttering around even busy as a bee and like I always say bees do have direction we just don't understand it but to us it looks like they're just buzzing around with with no focus or intention So when we let go of busy and replace it with productive, now it has purpose. And productivity has principles. So by applying productivity principles, you can move from busy to actually doing the most important work and having time to enjoy the things that mean the most to you.
0: Okay. So that's the framework. So now tell me how someone who... Was that high levels of professionalism, uh, discovering that they need information before they make a decision, decided, okay, I'm going to make... Because you alluded to the fact that it was from the pain of that. So at what point was the pain so much that you decided, I'm going to go and do this and teach others how to do it?
1: Okay, so when I left the aerospace industry, I found myself on purpose in the real estate industry. So I was a real estate broker for 20 years. I loved it. I was making great money. I was a single parent and that's where I learned it, right? So I was following the narrative. You're you're available to your clients 24 seven, take in whoever comes. I did not learn how to segment my time properly, how to prioritize my time properly. And what I had was this wonderful 12 year old son who was having a lot of meals at home by himself at night. And it took one evening with me coming home to find him on the stairway of our town home with a note on him that said, please wake me when you get in, that I realized you're missing the mark, Valerie. There's something wrong here because you're working, you're doing everything that seems to be right, but the most important role you play is getting dismissed, not on purpose, but that's that was the the byproduct of my busyness. So I started looking at how to prioritize my time. And it took, I would love to say to you that I figured it out right then. I didn't. I suffered with it a little more. And then I just got tired. I started to get smart. It's like, wow, if you keep banging your head on the wall with this same situation, at some point you're gonna realize something's gotta change. And that's how I got to really looking at, all right, what's the most important thing you do? How do you get these things done? How do you segment the people that you're spending your time with and make sure that that you have time for yourself and time to give? I started working with a coach. And I will say at first, it helped none at all because I didn't have the right coach because <laughs> that's very important. And then I landed on the right person and they helped me really work through this. So that's how I I started unpacking what busy is costing you. And there is a cost to it, let me tell you. Sometimes it's things that you cannot get back.
2: See, I think we need to reframe the term time management because yes. unless you can unless you can absolutely control mother nature, you are not managing
1: time. But what you can do is allocate your time correctly. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I always say we cannot manage time. We can only manage energy. That's right. Everybody gets that same 24 hour period. And and as you said so well, we can allocate how it's spent, but we're only going to get the same amount.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen, sister. <laughs> yeah. And so,
0: so you found the right person and... Then you took whatever conversations uh, and insights came from there, and created a system. You brought everything that you are to it and made it even more accessible. Is that is that the idea?
1: Yes, I did. So it was a twenty year packing of of this whole program that I've done. It's taken me a while to really figure this thing out and put principles under a foundation underneath it. I've had to make a lot of mistakes. I've had to stumble and mostly I've had to get stuck several times and just understanding how do you get traction, knowing that it's so important to move forward. That's what's really helped me put the pieces of what is busy costing you together. So it it was not something that just happened overnight and then just working with several clients over thousands of hours and hearing the same things over again, the same struggles over and over again, the executives that were having the same struggles looking at what was common between us. And again, putting those, those principles underneath. That's what, that's what helped me build it.
0: I see. And so if, if you'd be so kind, do you have one of them, maybe you can share maybe like a, like a fundamental principle or, or just one that people don't often uh, notice might be taken for granted. They just don't have the words for it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So here, here's a productivity tip that I love to share. And I, I have several. Um, here's the one. is a lot of times when we look at our task list and our task list will look the same on Tuesday as it did on Monday. If mm-hmm. anybody you know can relate to that. <laughs> You're just adding things to it, right? So the reason why that often happens is because what we have on our task list are not tasks; they're actually projects. So when we go to, to administer a certain task, it has certain steps to it that we hadn't considered. We have not planned to allocate, use your words as I love that, the proper amount of energy or time to that project because we thought it was a one and done. And it could be something as simple in your personal life as going grocery shopping. Grocery shopping is not a task. It is a project. You need to first consider what you have. That's step number one. Second step is consider what it is you want to have at the end. What do you want to make? Create a menu. That's another step. And then you go to the grocery store it's why a lot of us are standing in the grocery store completely dumbfounded and, and and spending way too much money because we didn't create it we didn't treat it as a project we thought it was just do it go grocery shopping now there are a lot of other things i could i could share with you in the business world similarly tasks yeah. that are that are we they're actually projects i love that no
0: i it's funny i've always believed that i've i've always said to myself half the time, a lot of these things I'm trying to do are really whole projects in themselves. People will have meetings with their team and allocate what they think is a task, delegate a task to someone only to wonder why it's not getting done. And it's because not only did the person that delegated it believe it was a task, but the person who received that delegation also said, well, it's a task only to find themselves, I can't even get started on it. That's because no one is admitting it's a project, so I 100% get behind that. It's far too often what happens in meetings. Accurate? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And there's a book by David Allen, well yep. known, "Getting Things Done," that you know this was that aha moment for me when he said, when it comes to completing a project, you are to do the next physical, visible thing to move the project forward or towards completion. And when you put those two qualifiers with it, it really does help you hone in what's the next physical visible thing that needs to happen. And that removes the excuses. You're not standing wondering, okay, where where do I go next? It's a clear path. And it's a path that's easy to agree on when you're when you're in a meeting, you can just if you use that formula, it always works. The next physical visible thing
2: I have. (laughs) So like when my wife tasks me with something, I retired from the military. So, so uh, we have, it's called the eight troop leading procedures, right? And so my wife says, I need you to go to the grocery store. I just received a mission. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She tells me, these are the things, these are the things that I need you to get. She just issued me a warning order. <laughs> now I have to sit down and make a tentative plan, <laughs> right? And then I'm going to go do a recon of the store so I can figure out what aisle things are in, or so on and so forth. Um, and I won't go into the rest, but but the whole point is, you know, everything is a it. Everything is an absolute uh project everything that we do in life is a project because you could absolutely tie everything to eight steps 10 steps 20 steps whatever it is right nothing is very few things in life are ever one and done right because there's more things that have to happen now whether you manage them or not that's a whole nother story right (laughs) so yes yeah
0: so coming back Coming back to the narrative, so you now have uh, distilled all this information and put it together into something that uh, you're inviting people to be a part of with fierce, focused strategies, right? Now, the name itself uh, implies the, uh, the ability to actually dig into what it is you're trying to accomplish, right? Uh, fiercely focusing and having that be part of what the strategy is, right? It's a consequence of the strategy that I, that you help people develop. Is that is that accurate?
1: That is accurate. It's about being intentional and authentic. We often uh, will get driven away from our true purpose by what, again, the narratives are, what we're hearing people say what we we should be doing, what other people are telling us should be important in whatever position it is we hold or, or, or within our businesses. If you are X, then you should Y. When you really understand what your purpose and I'm going to talk more about purpose than passion. When you understand what your purpose is and you're mission driven, you don't get confused by that. So it's just your narrow, just right in there. This is what I'm doing. So, yeah, that's where Fierce Focus Strategies came from, just being intentional.
0: Right on. And uh, what has that been like? Or Do you have any current goals you're trying to, to uh, accomplish with Fierce Focus Strategies?
1: Oh, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So most recently I have taken what is busy costing you and created a cohort. Would you like to hear about that? Is now a good time to hear about that? Mm All righty. So because I know that there are folks like us who are, and some of them secretly struggling with getting through the task list, getting to the next thing, I created a cohort And it's a very small group of people, and it's called, are you ready for this? Busy is a four-letter word. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because that's my belief. It's just we have to stop being so busy and be intentional. And so I'm going to be the next session we'll be starting actually next week. And I'd love to invite people to apply to join me. It's, again, a small group. It's a five-week session that is entrenched in, first of all, work, reality, accountability. And it's me live with them for an hour and a half every week, applying those principles of productivity.
0: Mm, I love that. Right on. And so then where would you prefer for people to connect with you?
1: Because I like for things to be easy, busy is a four-letter word dot com. <laughs> That's easy to remember. Holy right, crap. yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Love the branding. Love yes. the branding. Okay, exactly. busy is a four-letter word com. Right on. And that has all the links to anything anybody needs to know.
1: Yes, yes. Okay,
0: right on. So then there's only two orders of business in our conversation uh, really left. And the first one is, If you could have gone back to speak to yourself when you were doing uh, real estate and you walked up to the steps and uh, saw the note on your son, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now?
1: First of all, be honest about where you're struggling and then find someone else who has been honest about it and talk to them about how they got through it because someone else has struggled with it and they have gotten through so that's where I would always start. Just be honest, because we have this persona of perfection, and it's doing us no good. Oh, that's deep.
0: I mean, people have said it in different ways, but when you say it that way, it it, it hits in a certain context. And so I'm I'm grateful that you said it that way. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's hard work to be honest. Which is ironic, is Jason Jason talks about that all the time. Like it's like authenticity now seems to be something that we have to work at when you know, just keeping it real. Should come pretty natural, but in a world where it's constantly fo- forcing you to do the opposite, I-, I guess I can see how some will falter to that. Uh With that said, uh before I go to the grand finale question, I want to open the floor to Jason one more time before we close this out.
2: Yeah. Anything you want to say, Jason? I love the word perfection. I grew up with a father that was a very much a perfectionist. You know, I would... People don't realize how damaging that is. It's very, very damaging. As a kid, you know, I would, uh, because I I grew up on a farm. So as a kid, I would go and my dad would ask me, hey, go change the tire on the tractor and put the new tire on. And I would do that. And he would come right back around behind me and check it all again, right? And That was really damaging as as a kid, um, and when I say a kid, I'm only talking like ten or twelve years old, right? So, yeah. um, and you know, even in the business world, perfection is death, right? It's death because you will never ever roll something out ever. It'll never happen um, because you'll be so focused on making something perfect, you you will you will just roll it out to a fault. And it'll never actually ever come to fruition. I've seen it. I have I have literally, my father was the worst example of that. Love him to death. I'm not talking illy about him. Um, but, you know, now in his life, he's not that way anymore. And, you know, perfection is death. Don't try to be perfect. It just, it, it, you'll never accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. And, and passion and purpose collide at some point, right? So, and when they do, then you truly become your most powerful self. Wow. So. Some
0: great vibes today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, with, with that said, Valerie, there, there's a grand finale question I always like to ask our guests, and that is. If you had your pick of the litter, you could have chosen anyone to be a part of this conversation today. Whether to listen or join, who would you have chosen and why?
1: So, tough decision. Here's who I'm going to go with. Remember that 12-year-old boy I talked about? Well, he is now a 38-year-old man. And I would love for him to have joined us today. His insight on my life has helped me grow um, just just to see how he has perceived what the steps have been, have just been uh, encouraging. It has been sometimes a tough conversation. And I always like to see how he sees his mother when i when I see his mother through his eyes, it's a it's a perspective that no one else has, and it's just offered me so much value.
2: Right that's amazing right there yeah
0: yeah what a conversation and again uh busy is a four letter word.com is where you need to go to address all of this if this hit home for you which more than likely it hit home for almost everybody because everybody's dealing with this constantly uh so with that said valerie it's been an absolute pleasure having you on those are my thoughts and comments jason anything before we close out
2: yeah so don't be busy be productive.
1: <laughs> Thanks. <There you> go. <laughs>
2: Next right time, on. the next time somebody on LinkedIn tells me I'm too busy, I'm going to say busy or productive question. <laughs> 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 there it is. Uh, and we'll, and we'll see what, see what people happen. But um, I always like to this, say this closing out Valerie, thank you very much for being here. Yeah. There's 168 hours in a week that we cannot not control, um, but you took the time to be here for 30 to 40 minutes of your time and your busy schedule thank you so much for doing that thank you for dropping the value bombs and uh we just hope there's somebody out there that you change their life and I have a feeling there's probably more than one um so you know again thank you for being on the show
1: my pleasure thank you so much for having me anytime we can have these conversations like you said it's just going to add value hopefully to to at least one possibly many but if it just changes one person's life it's worth it absolutely Absolutely. all right cheers
0: thanks for listening to the war room roundtable with your hosts jason miller and philip lano's Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.